Radio shows you love from the people you know. This is Sam Talks Technology. So I'm going to introduce a really good friend of mine who I haven't spoken to for far too long. It's Robert Scoble. Hey, Rob, how are you? Hey, doing great. What's going on? <laughs> oh, I'm good. I'm very good. So you out in Half Moon Bay today? No, I live in Campbell now, which is back on the farm wow. directly in the middle of Silicon Valley. So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah it's... I remember you moved about a year and a bit ago. Yeah, yeah, last June. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah, it, you know, it's fun being back in the real Silicon Valley, almost back to my childhood. I grew up in Cupertino and uh, where a little company called Apple started up. So, and I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about them. Yeah, <laughs> no, not sure if I heard them before. Um, okay. <laughs> so, let, let's crack on with what you're doing today. You're working for a, a new company. What's the company called? It's called Infinite Retina, and it comes out of the idea that with these uh, new spatial computing devices like this Microsoft HoloLens, you get as many virtual screens as you want. Now, today's optics aren't good enough to replace, you know, the monitor I'm looking at you on. But uh, within three years, you're going to be using a pair of glasses to see 8K screens right in front of you. And so you're going to be able to get as many retina screens as you want. So we called it infinite retina. It also yeah. means a lot of infinite stuff for your eyes to see, right? And the Oculus Quest is coming out today. We should talk about that as well. We so. will talk about that for certain. Yeah. So um, so Infinite Retina, it's just started. Who are you with? Is it you on your own? You and a no, group no, of people? Uh, Irina Cronin is the CEO, and uh, she's, she's a business analyst, comes out of the finance world. And uh, I joined up with her and with Marcelo Moyano, who's in New York. So she's in L.A., so we got L.A., New York, and Silicon Valley covered, and we're doing consulting for the spatial computing industry, right? We we, we see that when Apple comes, and I, uh, my prediction is Apple's coming next September, that um, the investment door will open wide open then, and also a lot of startups will come, and they'll need help in getting uh, investment. They'll need help figuring out their strategy to do that, right? They'll, and they'll, then they'll need go-to-market help. So we're doing a bunch of stuff with CES and other other things to try to bring cus- uh, companies to customers and get them noticed. Because it's a, I'm watching Twitter on my screen right now. I, should, I, should, I don't know if, if this is a video podcast or an audio podcast, but on my screen I can watch the entire spatial computing industry with uh, TweetDeck. And yeah, it's quite hard. It's quite hard to get noticed, particularly on a day like this when there's new products launching, right? Yeah, but I mean, you, you put that on your Twitter account just now. I was just reading your Twitter account, so you were talking about following your special computing feed, which is yeah. So is that one you've curated like all the other ones? Oh yeah. Curated? For the last uh, 18 months, I've been going through hundreds. Uh, I went through about 100,000 Twitter accounts and separated them all out into different things. So on Scobalizer, I have a list of tech news. I have a list of uh, investors, lists of founders, right? And then over on Infinite Retina's account, I have, I've split up 10,000 companies and people into lists um, and, and verticals, you know, uh, architecture, education, entertainment, gaming, stuff like that. So I can see how each of the different groups, on, factions on uh, Twitter are react, reacting to news like this news is breaking right now. Okay. So you called it spatial computing, which, which again, is a term 
that is yep. newer for people because i mean people are being used to the term virtual reality augmented yeah. reality mixed reality which was microsoft's term um yeah. why spatial computing now what, what, because, how do you define that because uh, and spatial computing is computing that you a virtual being and we should talk about virtual beings or synthetic beings uh or robots can move through can move around. And that's really the shift in, in what's going on in this fourth paradigm of personal computing. Um, we're moving to, from holding a computer in our hands or using a laptop or a desktop to using glasses like this Microsoft HoloLens and computing is on every surface and you move through it, you move around it uh, and you talk to it and you touch it. And that's a very different uh, genre of computing. And also, I, I like spatial computing because it, it broadens the tent to include things like autonomous cars and all the sensors that are going to be in stores, right? Uh, Microsoft has the new Azure Connect camera, which sees the world in 3D and uh, lets, lets enterprises do all sorts of new stuff. And that's spatial computing, but it's hard to say that's virtual reality or that's augmented reality, right? It's, right. it's a new kind of computing. And I think we needed a term that was broader to include all of these things because they're all hitting at the same time and they're all using pieces of the same kind of technology. They're, they're using the same kind of augmented reality and stuff like that. So, so um, I think I read somewhere, now tell me if I'm wrong, but you're writing a new book as well. Yeah, we're writing a book about the seven industries that are going to be disrupted by, uh, particularly by spatial computing, but really they're being hit by uh, spatial computing and a few other things as well, all, all at the same time. It's in about 2022, we're going to see a perfect storm of change. And um, we're going to see a lot of jobs start to really uh, get get plowed under, you know, truck drivers, for instance, when when the self-driving trucks and they're just starting to arrive on the market, really start to hit. We're going to see changes in transportation, for instance. So transportation is one of them. Entertainment, we're seeing movies virtualizing. Education, we're going to see. This is going to teach our kids how to do chemistry ten times faster than older methods of using video or using a teacher in front of a class. Uh, or a teacher alone, at least, um, and so on and so forth. FinTech is about to change. My friend works at JP Morgan, and he, he's thinking deeply about this stuff, about how does banking happen when you're wearing a pair of glasses every day. Um, and there's four more, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember them all. You know, healthcare, retail, transactions in retail, right? Uh, telecom, telecom, which gets uh, put in with entertainment, right? So there, there's some major changes, a reconfiguring of the world coming over the next decade or two. And this is, we're literally just at the start. In fact, that's why I think it's so important for uh, today, this Oculus Quest is coming out. And Oculus Quest is really getting some excitement in the uh, en enterprise world. Uh, factory floors, manufacturing is another one of the industries that's going to get disrupted. Factory floors are being virtualized. You know, Volkswagen, for instance, virtualized their whole factory floor, made a digital twin of it. And now they can do training, but they can also tear out a piece of the factory floor and put new uh, machines virtually 
down and have workers work on virtual machines, see that the factory floor, and then have the robots that are virtualized, uh, see if everything moves uh, smoothly, then they can build the actual factory floor. So all sorts of new stuff is happening, um, you know, and it's, it's not apparent to most people yet, unless you're working directly on one of these pieces, but I'm starting to see the signal coming that, that this is a massive change coming. And so, yeah, we're, that's what we're writing about. Okay. So we'll um, be out next year sometime okay. in the middle of the next year, I right before forward. Apple. Cause we, we think Apple's going to announce in uh, September, 2020, a uh, new 5g iPhone. We should talk about 5g too. Okay. Yeah. So let, let, let's break those down. <laughs> Lots to talk about. Man. <laughs> yeah, throwing lots at me. Okay. So, uh, okay. So, Let's start with Apple, and then we'll go into Oculus because you mentioned Oculus three, four times now. So, so what what do you predict Apple's bringing to market then? There's there's three pretty consistent rumors coming out of Apple, and it's really hard to figure out what Apple's actually doing because they're so secretive. Um, but the the low end uh, uh, rumor is a pair of sport glasses. There's a company called North that just shipped a pair of glasses, something that looks like a pair of glasses but has a digital display where you can see your notifications when your wife calls her picture pops up, right? So, you know, it's her calling. Uh, if you're walking around a city like London or New York, it shows you which way to go down the street. In fact, that's why uh, Google's augmented reality on their mapping app is so important yeah, because that- I think computer vision to see where you are on the street corner and, and more accurately tell you, Oh, you need to go down that street. Right. So stuff like that is is really useful on these smaller, um, lower quality. I mean, I, Microsoft HoloLens actually puts digital screens all over the place and, and actually uh, puts augmented reality on top of things, right? You can have virtual things coming out of the walls, right? Like aliens. <laughs> There's a game on HoloLens where the aliens shoot holes in the walls and come out of the walls and you have to shoot them with your fingers and stuff like that. Wow. Okay. But, um, uh, yeah. So that, that's one of the rumors and we'll see if that comes true. And, and there, there's an argument inside all of these big companies about privacy. How many cameras do we put on these glasses? How many 3D sensors do we do? Eye sensors. How much privacy are we gonna be be willing to give up to uh, these big companies, right? And that's an argument. The other side of the scale is that they're talking about doing some sort of Jordy glasses with really high-res monitors. I'm hearing all sorts of crazy rumors of 8K screen on them with a. That's that's not going to happen, is it? An 8K screen? No, that's not true. Uh, Sony is showing me micro OLED displays, little displays that are 4K displays, and they're Uh, badass. They're really badass, and that's coming uh, in 2020. Um, These Apple things might come in 2021. So 8K is not. completely out of the question and also uh, if you if if you there's a video put up yesterday by Tom Furness who's one of the inventors of VR and he explained and, and others are have been explaining how the optics can fool the eye to thinking it has a lot more resolution than it actually has because you only the optics people are really studying how the eye sees things and you only see really good detail in the middle of your eye where your eye is actually looking 
Right. And so they can make lower res screens around the sides and you will think those are high res because you're seeing high res right in the middle. So we're, um, we're about to see a whole bunch of new approaches to computing and, uh, and, and putting optics on your face that really are quite stunning. And that's why this is such an important time. People don't recognize paradigm shifts before they come because they just don't know where the, where the, uh, technologies are about to come out of R&D labs and come into real products. And I've been fortunate enough to see that process many times. And so I'm seeing all sorts of stuff just about to come out of R&D labs and into real products. So, that, you know, this is why the Oculus Quest is so interesting, right? And so, we will come to that one. Um, yeah. okay, you were famous for the Google Glass shower scene. Yeah. Uh, uh, Magic Leap even used your image for that. Um, yeah. <laughs> got yeah, I'll never live that image down. <laughs> It'll be on my grave. <laughs> well, I don't live it down. It was great. Now, look, um, we're talking about Apple and bringing stuff out. And, you know, they've got the AR kit and they've been doing stuff. And we know what Apple's like, as you said, secretive. And they'll bring stuff to market. They yeah. tend to, though, come behind the curve. Yes never on the curve or before it so and they're still behind right because it, if they come out in 2021 that's 24 months from now they don't have a vr product on the market right yeah so they're gonna let facebook you know have some fun for a year or two uh with oculus quest and then they're gonna come in after oculus quest and and they always reposition the existing products as lame right and if if I'm right that they're coming with a four or eight K display on a pair of glasses, they really could reposition uh, Facebook uh, as and all the other VR players, Sony, uh, PlayStation VR, HTC Vive, and so on and so forth as lame. And I think they're going to go after VR as unsafe because you can't use VR in a subway. You you can't see somebody pickpocketing you if yeah. you're in a completely virtual environment and apple is betting hard on augmented reality which by the way lets you do vr and people don't think about that right if, if you can see a virtual guy on your floor well it can block all of the other pixels and make it vr as well but they're going to say that a completely virtual environment is unsafe you can't play I, in fact the reason my VR machine is up here in my office and not in my living room where I really want it to be. It's because Miriam won't let you. <laughs> and why not? That's really interesting to study. Okay. My, my son was playing VR one day and was swinging his hands and hit my, my dad and hurt him on the hand with these controllers. Right. Because people in the room don't understand that they can't see you, Right. And that you can't go into their play space. You have to be very careful around somebody playing VR, right? And so my my wife said, uh, that needs to go upstairs in the office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but people aren't, you know, I, I can't play it at parties because of that same problem. Because if I have 40 people over the house and somebody's playing VR, most of the people don't know the rules, don't know the consequences of getting close to them. And then all of a sudden they're, you know, yeah. reacting to a monster coming at them, and they're going to hit you, right? So it's it, Apple could really reposition VR as unsafe, and that's one of the last things that needs to be solved about VR. Not Oculus Quest solved se six or seven things about VR, 
but this unsafety is still uh, a problem um, uh, that needs to be solved. And then the social factor is another major one, right? Having a big thing on your face is very weird, right? Yeah. Uh, And I'm willing to do it, but I'm, you know, if I walk into a Starbucks wearing this thing on my head, you know, people are going to be like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) Yeah. And then they will pickpocket you. (laughs) (laughs) Or worse. Or worse. (laughs) Um, Before we get on to Oculus, the announcement today, the reason why I mentioned the Google, Google has announced the new Glass Enterprise Edition at $9.99 today. Now, Google Glass is, you have a little tiny screen up here, uh, you know, which is great for working at a factory where you need to, like Boeing uses these things, to uh, do the inventory of all the wires in the wings, right? And they look at the wire in the wing and it says, okay, that one needs to go here because there's a little barcode on each wire, right, that the camera on the, on the uh, Google Glass can see. And so for enterprise use, for a doctor or uh, somebody working at Boeing on a, on a factory floor, that's not a problem. But it's, it's not true augmented reality. The press is saying it's augmented reality, but it's not what uh, HoloLens does, right, where right. it actually puts a virtualized thing on top of a factory machine or puts – a scan on top of a, a surgery patient or something like that. I, uh, Google Glass is just a little screen that you can talk to and um, and see notifications and see information, you know, a database or something like that. Right? So is Google out of this game? Is it, are they no, ever going to no, come no, back no. to consumer no, no, space? No, this game is it hasn't even really started. This is okay. a forty year. This is a forty year product cycle. This is like being in nineteen seventy six. And Waz and Jobs took you into the lab and showed you the Apple II, right? We, we have literally the Apple II probably is the Oculus Quest shipping today. So it's okay. just arriving, and I don't even have one yet, right? So it's literally happening. The start of this 40-year cycle is happening today, right? Um, and and we're gonna see many many products. And Google just announced Tilt Brush on on Oculus Quest, right? So they're which is an art art pro- program. You can draw things in 3D. It's really fun. And they've uh, announced a variety of other things. And they're they're uh, working hard on an operating system for glasses and, and on other stuff that will be coming for years. Right? Uh, this is not a finished game. This We haven't even seen the start of this game, really. Right? Okay. So now, come on. Let's ex- describe to me the new Oculus from Facebook. And what is yeah. good, what's good about it? What's exciting? Why, why would I want one? What's the well, price when, I, when we show VR to people, and I've shown a couple hundred people VR, they all get out of the headset and go, oh, my God, that was the coolest thing I've ever seen, right? Because it, there's a lot of magic in VR. You can embody yourself in something else. You can visualize things in a new way. You can learn in a new way. And gaming is all around you, right? It, it's unlike anything you can see on flat screens. But... Most of those people don't buy it because, you know, my VR machine that's over here costs about $2,000. I had to buy a, a PC with a big NVIDIA card. And then my Oculus Quest, which is on my floor over here, is tethered, has a cord to that big NVIDIA card, right? And then I had to set up some sensors on my on my desk to see me in 3D. 
Oculus Quest gets rid of all that. It's 400 bucks. It's one device. You don't need uh, sensors. You don't need cords to a PC. You don't need a PC. You don't need an NVIDIA card. So all of a sudden, the cost comes way down. And that's a huge thing. And you don't need a room. You can play it anywhere, right? You just start it up. It, you teach it where your play space is, and you play. And that's a huge shift. This is now using something called inside-out VR tracking. So there's sensors on the front of the of the Oculus Quest that see the room through computer vision and see um, uh, where you're playing and, and see you in 3D because of that and see the controllers in 3D. And so uh, the industry calls it six DOF, six degrees of freedom, which means that Oculus Quest is the cheapest uh, well, amongst the cheapest um, six degrees of freedom headsets and six degrees of freedom controllers, which means the controllers can move in all directions and your headset, you can walk around a play area, right? That's real important. And that's going to be um, built on by Apple and others in the future. But this is a real important product. Not because it's going to sell a whole lot. I mean, I, the industry average, I, I've been asking a lot of people, industry insiders, how many are are they going to sell? And maybe a couple million is the average answer. I, I think it's higher than that, but, you know, most, pe most people are expecting one to three million sold, right? So, you know, how many does an iPhone sell a quarter? Uh, yeah. They sell 50 million a quarter of iPhones, right? So we have a long way to go before these te technologies are seen as mainstream, right? Okay. So, I mean, is, is it going to be used as a gaming platform mainly to begin with? Because, you know, one of the announcements is Star Wars have launched their VR series on the Oculus Quest today, um, you know, with lightsabers yeah. and various things. And the things you were describing are very gaming, you know. Yeah. So is that really that's what primary I, game? Facebook is mostly marketing this as a gaming device, but that's going to mislead the industry because uh, Walmart bought um, 17,000 VR headsets recently to do training. And there's a lot of designers who use VR to design architecture and cars and all sorts of stuff. And um, uh, now that the factory floors are being virtualized, being able to design factory floors and do training and also uh, do knowledge pass along, right? Because all these old people who used to run a machine are retiring. Well, now they can be, they can put a video directly on the machine that teaches you how to run that machine. So a 20 year old kid gets a new job at a factory wears some VR headset and sees the old guy tr training him on the machine and how it works. And that's that's a big thing. Um, you're also seeing companies like Bad VR and Virtual Lytics that are doing new kinds of business uh, visualizations. Because um, we're, you know, when, when you and I ran businesses, we ran them on Excel, right? With yeah. a grid of numbers and once in a while we'd build a chart right, to, to visualize sales and stuff like that. But now these companies are streaming out so much data and so much new kind of data that's very spatial. For instance, uh, the retail stores are putting uh, cameras in the retail stores, right? Amazon Go stores is one of these. They have hundreds of cameras up in the ceiling of the uh, store, and they're watching dwell things like dwell time. So I, 
how, where do you actually spend some time in the story? What do you look at in the story? Mm-hmm. You can't see that kind of pattern in an Excel spreadsheet. So these new companies like Bad VR are laying that data on top of my store so that Anheuser-Busch or a consumer products company like Procter & Gamble can walk around the store, see the data of where people are actually spending some time, and then des- design uh, new store shelves, for instance, based on that. Right? And, and that you need new virtualization technology, and that is VR. So I'm really excited by that. I'm excited by the new things that you, that enterprises and workers can do with virtual reality and soon with augmented reality um, that they couldn't do previously, right? So I fully agree. I mean, I, I was at a demo yesterday at Waddesdon Manor, which is a big country house in the UK, and they've created a virtual reality of the whole building now. Yeah. And the reason being is too many of the artifacts in that building are pre- too precious now. They don't want tens of thousands of people going through the building anymore. So what they've done is they've created a VR where, and it, I think it was on a product called Matamark. You'd know more about yes. it. Yeah, and, that's a 3D scan uh, a system of 3D scanning a building and building something that you can look at in VR, right? A lot yeah. of real estate agents use that, yeah. And it was great because it had touch points in it where you could have hotspots and link. So I could see the value on those educational elements. And, you know, yeah. as you say, if you're building a car or you're doing something at Boeing. So the market's massive. And I think the Oculus may be the right deep. Well, I guess it's not now it's decoupled from a physical entity and you can yeah. move around. Well, you for enterprises, the, the reason the Quest is getting exciting, excitement amongst the enterprises and not just the gamers is now no longer do you need a nerd to set up a PC and set up the sensors and train it and all that. An average everyday person can do all that, and it's all self-contained as 400 bucks. So you know how big companies are, right? Mm-hmm. At, I worked at Microsoft and Rackspace, and if I spent four grand on a credit card for buying ten VR headsets, eh, you know, I might get a, I might get a call from the boss. Hey, what's, what's this four thousand dollar charge? But all of a sudden, uh, a work group has ten VR headsets, and and life goes on, and innovation happens, right? These these uh, hall lenses are thirty five hundred dollars each, right? If I want to buy ten of those, that's thirty five grand. Yeah. And I'm I'm not going to be able to stick that on a credit card, right, at a corporation. I, that's a, a series of meetings to discuss the ROI and why should we spend 35 grand, blah blah blah. And all of a sudden, it holds you back. And and also, if if you with the old Oculus, you needed a, an IT support person to set it up for people, right? Normal yeah. people don't know how to set up sensors and how to build a play space, well, ah, too, too much work for an average everyday person, right? So now you have to have an IT person involved for a week setting up 10 systems, right? Ah, that's too much work. I'm not going to do that. So Oculus Quest is real important for the enterprise for those reasons. It, it's going to get adoption in the enterprise where it just wasn't going to get it before. Right? So when do you predict it'll be the sub $100 price point? Uh, that's going to be a while because um, the innovation is happening so fast and these companies are going to recoup R&D costs. The, there's some of the glasses that I'm, I, I just talked with uh, the woman who's, who runs Tilt 5, 
which is she's trying to build a pair of glasses for next year that'll let you play new kinds of board games, for instance. And she said the cost of goods on that is around $150, which means retail is going to be just under $500. And so that's about the bleeding edge right now um, that you're going to see glasses in the $500 range, uh, maybe $400, but um, it's going to be a long time. A Apple, I'm expecting at, you know, at above 500, you know. Yeah, I, well, Apple's I, not coming at any cheap point, are they? No, they want their 30%, right? Yeah. <laughs> they want their high margins, right? That's what Apple does. That's their DNA. And the R&D costs on these things are, are in the billions. Apple alone is probably going to spend $10 billion. Magic Leap got $2.6 billion of investment. Microsoft is spending about $10 billion. Facebook's spending $10 billion on on its Oculus line over, over several years. So they need to recoup, and the sales haven't really started yet. I, you know, like I said, Oculus Quest, most people think it'll sell one to three million units. So that's not enough to uh, get the price down yet. I think at, you know, a few years after Apple comes, so 2025, then we're going to see uh, the price cutting you know, uh, with, with a pair of Android uh, glasses and stuff like that and, and other approaches, and you're going to see the price cutting. But that's only if we get along with China, right? If if uh, we start putting a lot of tariffs on China, that's that could be 10 years before we see the kinds of, uh, of lower cost prices, right? Well, when's the next American presidential election? A uh, couple of years. 2020? <laughs> we'll find out and after we, that. And there's a good chance that we re-elect Trump, right? So, you know. Scary. Uh, yeah, it's scary, but. You know that I'm a realist, and there's a lot of people who still support him for some reason. Uh, yeah, I, I know the reasons, but uh, they're not my reasons. <laughs> no, not mine. Um, you, you mentioned obviously one company we hadn't talked about, Magically. You know, yeah. the company got so much um, investment and noise and hype. Yeah. Uh, you've seen Magically, but I've never yeah, seen yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's similar got to Hololens, only. They're sort of like the Tesla. Um, because they don't have existing customers, they can try different approaches and they can make a much nicer operating system. The uh, When you're in a Magic Leap, it, everything looks beautiful. When you're in a HoloLens, it looks sort of windowy. You know, it looks a little ugly. Well, that ugliness is there because they need to make sure that the Windows user can move into these new glasses, right, and, and even run old Windows apps. I mean, that's a big selling point of the HoloLens is, oh, when you're wearing a HoloLens, you can still run something like Excel, right, where Magically doesn't need to worry about that. They don't have a customer, so they can go completely uh, bleeding edge and, and make a much nicer operating system and, and work on um, doing more with the sensors. We'll see how aggressive they get with privacy and all that. But they can take risks that the uh, older, bigger companies just can't right now because of privacy concerns. So all the companies you've mentioned so far are American, right? Yeah. Are you seeing anything coming out of China or, or Europe? Yes. There's, I mean, uh, you know, um, I have a, a Insta360, 360-degree camera, right, that comes out of Shenzhen, China, and it, it's a badass camera for 400 bucks. Season 360 uses computer vision and sensor fusion and AI in here to steady the camera, right? 
all sorts of innovations are coming there. And that gives you a taste of um, China's advantages. China has the supply chain to make things and make them cheaply and quickly. And so I, I expect that we're going to see, and we're already seeing at the consumer electronics company, there was a, a, a Chinese company that showed a small pair of AR glasses uh, that was pretty, pretty attractive. Still a couple of years from being pro, uh, marketable, but you can see that there's innovation happening there. And the scale of their internal market uh, is going to let companies like Huawei and uh, Xiaomi and Tencent come out with products and, and serve a, a very hungry internal market. Um, much more hungry, actually, than most of the Western countries. I mean, I, keep in mind, I, when I went to China, I met with a computer science professor, and he took me to his house, and he lives with three people in 600-square-foot flat. And around him is not a lot of green, beautiful things to go look at. There's not a lot of parks, and it's really crowded. The, the population density in Xinjiang and Shanghai is immense. I mean, I, Shanghai has something like 20 million people living in a, in a, a, a city, right? So that makes uh, London and New York look like a country town, <laughs> and, <laughs> right? And, uh, and, and so there's going to be a lot of people who are really going to want to play and work in these glasses because it lets them escape the world and see the world, right? A lot of these people don't have a lot of wealth to travel and go fun places like you and I have, right? Yeah. And so there's going to be a lot of hunger, and, and that's why some of the uh, Silicon Valley investors are so excited about this stuff because they know that the markets in India and China and around the world are, are – quite hungry for these kinds of visual approaches, teaching their kids visually like this, uh, doing doing new kinds of medicine, and, and certainly entertainment's a big one. And, and Hollywood is gearing up. At the USC Film School, there's lab after lab for the kids to learn how to do uh, this new kind of computing, mixed reality or spatial computing or virtual reality or using 5G, that kind of thing. So it's uh, you can tell Hollywood's getting geared up because they see this market coming, and they're gearing up the kids who are going into careers to help these uh, bigger studios create this new kind of entertainment. Wow. So, I mean, Amy Webb wrote a good book. I don't know if you've had a chance to read it, The Big Nine. No, I haven't. I, I highly recommend it. It's about combinations of AI. She she lived out in China for several years, and she now helps the U.S. government on their AI strategy. It's a really good book, by the way, if you haven't. Okay, I'll check uh, it out. Yeah, no. Um, the other the, the other things that I've just been looking at, I mean, just love to see you. Bose is launching an augmented reality smart glasses in the U.K. for £199. Now, which, now that that's that not is, a visual glass. That's audio. Yeah, right? and, and, and so explain that to me. I'm, I'm really yeah. curious. So they're putting new kind of speakers are getting smaller and smaller thanks to the cell phone, right? And microphones are getting smaller and smaller, right? Um, when I worked at Microsoft, I, I saw one of the first array microphones, and it was a device this big with like four microphones on it, right? Well, now my headphones, these little headphones, have six microphones in the wires. Wow. There's, there's two on each uh, earpiece that goes in your ear, right? So there's a revolution happening in audio, and uh, Bose has this uh, uh, device you wear. It's a pair of glasses that has these new speakers 
So it doesn't interrupt uh, the audio coming from the real world. So you can use them while w walking around a city and it'll tell you things and you can have phone calls on it. And it's spatial. So you, the audio comes from different directions. So, you know, if there's somebody talking behind you, it can actually sound like that. And it's pretty, uh, pretty cool device, uh, pretty well thought through. And it really gives you a taste of, oh, audio is going to be an important part of this revolution, right? I, I believe we still need the visual to really make the complete package. But those Bose headphones are really in, innovative. And uh, uh, a lot of companies um, were a little uh, disrupted by them because Bose all of a sudden showed people a new idea for audio and uh, got, got, a, you know, got me excited, got quite a few people excited, yeah. So w one of the biggest games of last year was Fortnite, which was an AR, uh, sorry, virtual reality game, I guess. Yeah, it's, uh, well, all games it's, you, it's a 3D game, right? <laughs> you're, you're moving around a 3D space on a iPad or on a, a computer, right? So, so I, it, I it, it gives the kids a little taste of what the magic of this world is going to come, right? Minecraft is another one, and Minecraft just announced a new augmented version yep, that's coming this summer. Yeah. And Pokemon Go is another one that sort of – so the kids are getting trained that, hey, the world is 3D. And you need to start learning to game in 3D and start to build in 3D, start to program in 3D. I just was at Maker Faire this weekend with 60,000 people, and you saw robots and Legos and uh, Minecraft, right? The kids are uh, really learning to think in 3D, and that's going to uh, be the future of the workforce. If you if you think in 2D, you're, you're going to be irrelevant in a few years. And these kids are already starting to learn the techniques. But Minecraft, uh, Fortnite is exciting because it was the first place that Marshmallow had a concert and it had 11 million people watching his concert. Now, I've seen Marshmallow in real life at Coachella. Right. And Marshmallow is a DJ that plays electronic music. Um, and there was 10,000 people in the tent and probably another 100,000 people watching live on stream that day, right? Yeah. But now a game comes along and Marshmallow gets a bigger audience by a factor of 10 over Coachella, which is a major industry music festival, right? So that think about that one. It's like our culture is shifting as well because of these new things, right? So what are people using to develop? I mean, one of the, the challenges we, we, we had in the browser wars and with HTML was all of the various codes and then there was various versions of javascript yeah. until the web web 3.c group got heads together and smashed it are we seeing uh platforms because these are platforms yes. basically having different tool sets like magic leap you can't create anything and then portably portability wise move it across to an oculus or that's not true that's i don't know true. yeah okay the, that's the, the question don't know out of 10 video games, six are created or seven are created on Unity. So okay. Unity is the dramatic, like Job Simulator was created on Unity and so on and so forth. The other one is Unreal Engine. So there's two uh, major gaming engines that are competing for market share uh, in this 3D world, right? Fortnite, I believe, was created in Unity or something like that. I, I might be wrong about that, but um, Unity and Unreal Engine are going at it on uh, on VR and AR, and the techniques 
to create something 3D in VR is the same as the techniques created used to create augmented reality in HoloLens. You might need to recode or you might need to think through your object and the background it's on top of because in AR there's a, there's a virtual guy here and you're seeing the real world behind him. And in VR, you're just seeing the virtual guy here with a virtual world around him, right? So you need to think through the backdrop a little bit. But the the virtual guy is the same virtual guy in AR or VR, right? Okay. And I believe in Apple's glasses, if they do do what I'm hearing, that they're going to be the same thing. You're going to create one virtual guy, and then you can turn on a virtual world behind them and be in VR or turn off the virtual world and see the real world and be in AR. Uh, using AR kit. So Apple's using uh, training its developers to use AR kit along with Unity to create the 3D assets that go into AR kit, right? Um, there's other approaches um, which is called web AR. And web AR use, so one of the problems, that, let's say I'm wearing a pair of these new glasses in five years and I walk into a shopping mall. Yeah. Do I want to stop and load an app to load up the shopping mall app and just to see where the blue jeans are in the in the shopping mall? No, I don't. But what I might do is just by walking through a geofence, um, a website could get hit and it could load up a new kind of AR app or asset. And that would be real exciting. This, this is why uh, 5G, th this is the vision of 5G, right? When, when we get 10 gigabits per second down to our phone and our glasses, we're going to be able to do things like this, right? And those things would be built on web AR, which also can use Unity for 3D assets, but delivers those assets to a web browser, a new kind of web browser, right? The Firefox browser is using web AR, and now all of a sudden you walk in a store and you're seeing 3D shoes and stuff like that. Um, and there's a bunch of companies doing that. And that's different than pure app kind of development. So you're going to see a, a bifurcation of uh, between people who really need every bit of GPU power and access to all the things that Apple or Facebook or Microsoft give you, or a lower common denominator approach of web AR. And Amazon Sumerian is a good example of this web AR. It's a very easy tool to create web AR things in. And uh, uh, there's companies like Eighth Wall that are creating advertising and creating marketing. They created a, a Spider-Man game for web AR. So you can start the Spider-Man game up without loading an app and going to a store, right? You just, you just look at a code and boom, it starts, right? So yeah, there's exciting new things on the platform sides and more to come. Adobe's building tools for uh, uh, spatial computing, right? Um, and uh, there's a few others as well. And then there's enterprise tools like Nucleus VR is creating a, a, a platform for a factory floor to collaboratively work together. Now they're using Unity to build the 3D stuff, but then they're adding on their own special sauce and reselling that as a platform. So, I mean, one of the announcements today, I, I can't quite get my head around, is YouTube have announced that they will be on the Oculus browser. Yeah. So what's the user experience going to be? I mean, 
I don't want to be watching multiple YouTube screens. You talked about virtual, multiple virtual realities. Well, you, you can have one big, huge one in front of you. It's like watch being in an IMAX theater, right? Okay. In VR, and you look around and you watch, you know, instead of watching a video on a little phone, yeah. right? Now you got a big ass screen and you can really enjoy okay. a YouTube video, right? And then YouTube, YouTube also has a lot of people who are creating videos with these 360 cameras. Right. So now you're if you're in VR, you get to, to see what this camera actually does. Right. Right now, I have to flatten this camera down to 1080p and, and you get a taste of what it does. But you really when you're in a VR or AR headset, seeing my 360 video, you can you can look all the way around. Right. You're in the video. It's really amazing. Right. And so okay. YouTube is going to have a whole area of 360 video uh, where you can watch my video or other people's videos in on YouTube. Um, but you can also um, have multiple screens if you want. Uh, video is a little hard to watch multiple screens, but we've all been to a sports book in Las Vegas or something like that where you have 50 screens around here watching all the sporting events on Sunday, right? All yeah. at live, all at one time. And that's where we're heading. Why Why wouldn't you want that to watch all the football games on Sunday? I, you know, I, I enjoy going to a sports book and watching all the all the all the football games around the country and then watching oh that one you know is interesting for a while and maybe you click on that and then it becomes big and then all right i'm bored with that one i want to watch the 49er game click on that and it becomes big and i watch that right so there's a new kind of uh tv viewing experience coming and i think uh youtube is going to be one of those to watch um i i think there'll be others as well um uh, Little Star is another one that's uh, trying to compete with YouTube, but YouTube has just such scale and the ability to do deals with Oculus to get their their uh, uh, viewer into there. Um, we were talking about platforms too. There's also other platforms of cloud that are coming um, because you need a lot of GPUs somewhere to do a lot of processing on these uh, on these new techniques. And so there's a whole argument between Google and Amazon and Microsoft and uh, um, IBM on, on uh, clouds that can handle visual things, computer vision things. And then there's uh, new companies like Sketchfab where we can share 3D objects with each other. And that's seeing uh, exponential growth as well because the people who are building these things are going to scan them or build a, a house in 3D. And they'll put it up on Sketchfab, and then you can download it in Unity and use it in your own game or your own uh, 3D scene, something like that. So that, I'm going to go there next week in New York and see what they're thinking. But, yeah, there's a whole bunch of, of new companies coming that are going to grow in importance over the next few years. Right? One company we haven't mentioned is Jeff Bezos, is Amazon. Okay. Well, I said Amazon Sumerian, right? Uh, Sumerian is how... Uh, uh, you build stuff for the web AR. So okay. that's that's one thing, one piece of what Amazon's doing, right? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess my questions are around Amazon. So with the yeah. with the mobile app today, you've got an AR uh, capability, yeah. which most people don't know. You know, you can t click the camera in the uh, Amazon app, point it at an object, and boom, you know, it'll go and scan it and then fire off and give you back from the Amazon store. Yeah, you so, can even aim it at a person, by the way, and it'll tell me who makes your uh, hoodie. Oh, really? Or it'll present other hoodies that look like your hoodie. Oh, okay. Right? I haven't tried that one. Okay. I'll yeah, try. yeah, that's pretty fun. I, 
it's, it's still not, not very perfect, but you can get tastes of where that camera, that computer vision technology is going. And then they're showing you the product in 3D, right? So Nike and others are, in fact, Amazon scanned a lot of products in 3D so you can see what a new uh, lamp might look like in your house or whatnot. And, and there's many companies that are doing 3D visualization of furniture in your house and stuff like that. But Amazon is, and Walmart, by the way, Amazon and Walmart are going to war over this because we're going to soon buy a lot of things from our homes. We're, you know, the nice thing about being in Silicon Valley now, I can get all sorts of things delivered to me within an hour or two. Yeah. And so, you know, already I can tell Amazon, hey, I need, you know, I need some food or I need I need some new sneakers or I need some office supplies. And within an hour, some photo paper for my printer shows up. Right. So yeah, it's pretty crazy. Right. So think about. Amazon is really starting to do this visualization. I believe that's why they built the Sumerian tool, because it lets them work with these 3D assets in a web AR context and get a lot of people to build new things on top of the Amazon stores to let you transact. Facebook is going a different direction with Instagram. They're now putting tags in the, in the photos or the videos you shoot. So you could tag your hoodie and say, oh, that's a North Face hoodie or something like mm -hmm. that. And I could buy it right from Facebook just by clicking on your hoodie or, or on your uh, uh, headphones. I like those headphones. I want to buy a pair of those. And all of a sudden, I'm at Facebook store, buy them, and they get delivered as well. So it's a war between these uh, uh, you know, tr transaction e-commerce engines to do new kinds of things to enable – home shopping in a new way, right? Uh, Amazon's certainly the monster there. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I've got, I think I've got six Alexas in the house. They, I'm already desperate. Oh, you don't have any privacy. Jeff Bezos is listening to everything you say. Huh? Hey, he can have it all, mate. <laughs> I, like, I have a bunch in my house too, you know? <laughs> I yeah. really don't care. <laughs> I, exactly. I got it from you. I remember years ago you said privacy, you know, you've got your phone number on the web and you had your email and whatever. I just got used to the fact that everything about me is out there. So what the heck? Tell I don't my friends, care. if you're going to do anything illegal, go outside. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Um, but with Amazon, um, they're, they're, the rumor is they're bringing out uh, AirPod competitors shortly. Um, there are, I, I, you know, I, my friend Chris. But Chris Voss does a gadget review show and he showed me a whole bunch of different earbuds with microphones in them and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Including, you know, these, these are actually better than any, uh, what brand is that by the way? This is a pioneer rays. Um, these have better noise canceling than anything I've heard, except the new Sony over the year headphones are really nice. Um, are, are better sound, but these are way better sound than your AirPods. And they hear you better because they have six microphones on them. They have an array right. microphone and AI and a little chip that actually keys in on your voice, turns on your voice on and off if you're talking so the other person doesn't hear noise. But it has one problem. Tangly wires. Tangly wires. And so yes. everybody wants uh, Siri in their head, right? No, and by the I way, don't want Siri in my head at yes, all. Yes, you do, actually. You do <laughs> want Siri in your head. The problem is Siri today in 2019 sucks, right? Yes. We all know that Siri sucks. 
they're announcing a new Siri with the 5G iPhone next next September. And so I bet we're going to see a new pair of AirPods with the 5G iPhone that will have a better Siri and a completely rebuilt Siri. And we'll find out how good it is then. But I do want Siri in my head. I want to talk to Siri. Hi, Siri. You know, well, you can do out. that now. The AirPod 2 has Siri built in. I know, but it sucks, right? It doesn't understand you a lot of times. It doesn't answer a lot of your questions. It, well, you that's because of Apple's privacy policy. No, it's not just the privacy policy. I, um, I, Siri was launched in my son's bedroom, and the two guys, three guys who started it came out and showed it to me. And Siri on the back end is largely hard-coded. And that hard-codedness causes it to break in a lot of places. When it works, it's magic, right? And it works a lot of time. But when it doesn't work, it really pisses you off, you know? Why didn't you understand me? Why don't you yeah. do why, – why can't you get me an Uber, right? <laughs> you know, why can't you – why can't you tell me how many people are checked in on Foursquare? You should know that. That's a – you know, that that's my favorite question to Stump Siri. How many people are checked in at the Half Moon Bay Ritz right now? Well, Foursquare has an answer. And Siri actually understands you. The, the voice recognition system understand, writes down what you said perfectly. Right. right? But there's a piece of code uh, that's hard-coded in between what you told it and the API at Foursquare. Right. There is a Foursquare API. Right. There's even an API that they could call and ask the question. Right. But Siri is stupid and doesn't know about that API. Doesn't have the code that's written and won't find it. The newer technologies. In fact, two guys left Apple and went to a company and started a company called Viv, which then uh, got bought by Samsung and now is Bixby in the Samsung. Yeah. And they're improving Samsung, uh, the Samsung phone using well, these new services as well. Bixby, isn't it? Yeah, but it's getting better because their new their newer ideas are starting to get rolled in. Um, but there, it, when they showed me Viv, they said we can make an AI that's far more flexible. In fact, in in uh, Viv, they showed me when you ask for an Uber, it writes the code behind the scenes. It writes this 80 lines of code. The AI writes the code automatically to do all the API calls. So in in 20 milliseconds, it does all that and does the call and then gives you the answer back. It's really amazing computer science that's going on underneath these things, right, that, that we don't think about all the time. But um, Apple knows. I, I had dinner with a guy who's, who was still at Apple three years ago, and he knew he was getting his ass kicked by Google. They, they, uh, he told me that, and he said, I'm going to have to rebuild Siri from scratch. And we'll see if that comes next summer, uh, next, next fall, and we'll see how good it is, right? We'll have well, to reevaluate Siri next year. Next, well, yeah. <clears throat> I mean, Apple needs something because, I mean, the the phones are great for their camera, but the upgrades aren't happening. We see that. I am yeah. gonna get. I am gonna get a, the next Apple Watch. I think that's gonna have a heart monitor in it, or a. I think no yeah. diabetes monitor. I think it, they they think it might have in it. The watch is real key. I just talked to a company yesterday that does a camera that hooks onto the Apple Watch. And that's a really interesting idea because if you have a pair of sport glasses in 2021 from Apple and you just have your watch and you don't carry your phone, right, how do you take a selfie? you got to have a little camera on your watch. Yeah. <laughs> I'll build one in by then, won't they? No, because of you're right about privacy. Uh, 
Apple is going to have a very constrained, very uh, deliberate view of privacy. I believe they're building a privacy wall around all their services, which is going to be a competitive advantage over Android as well. Um, and they're going to make their Tim Cook is already on CNBC every every week. It seems like talking about privacy, 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 and that uh, stuff that happens on the Apple ecosystem doesn't go outside the Apple ecosystem. So he's building this privacy firewall around all the services. I think this is why he's doing a credit card, so he can keep that data inside the firewall and not share it with all the banks because he knows the banks sell all that data to everybody, right? Yep. And uh, he wants to keep all the data from the news that you read inside the firewall so when you read a, a freaky story, it doesn't, um, you know, uh, change your advertising preferences on Facebook, right? He wants to keep Facebook from seeing all that data because that's – if you're going to have a privacy story, that's the way you, to do it. And I think uh, – I, I won't be shocked if next – in a couple of weeks when they do their uh, developers conference that Tim Cook talks a lot about a privacy firewall, right? Or something okay. like it, privacy system, privacy ecosystem, right? Whatever, right? You know, inside the Apple tent – your data is safe, even though we're going to stick eye sensors on you soon. We're going to stick 3D sensors that are really going to see everything about you. And we're going to have health sensors on your skin, right, studying your biometric. That's, that stuff really freaks people out. And so Apple has to be very measured and very uh, deliberate about where that data goes and how you control it. And the only way it can do that is to build a big firewall around every, all the data and then be very deliberate about where that data goes and, and, and really uh, uh, tell your users or ask your users when do you want to share your data outside the firewall, right? Yeah, I mean, one of the problems with HomeKit was that they over-engineered the authentication certification yeah. level because yeah. of the requirement to have super-level security and privacy. And yeah. then they lost, they lost the tidal wave of momentum which Google and Amazon stole with, you know, Home and Alexa. So yeah, but now you can um, – I, I talked with the guy who invented the techniques that Apple is using for biometric uh, security. So by looking at you with a camera, I get one factor. In fact, I get two factors. Your skeletal makeup is one factor. And your heart rate that – a camera can see your heart beating. I don't know wow. if you knew that. No. Your skin changes color temperature just barely, and a camera can see that, and uh, your uh, your eye can't, right? No. This HoloLens, actually, if I stay steady, it shakes with my heart rate. So it can uh. know my heart rate, right? And your voice is very unique to you. The government showed me that, I don't know, 10 years ago, that your voice is very unique to you and is a fingerprint. And banks and other things are using your voice to know who you are within seconds of you saying something, right? And by the way, you can't fake it. You can't talk like this and hide it. Really? The, yeah, you can't. The government showed me that, that even if you try to uh, speak in another language or change your voice or even use helium, you can't hide the frequencies coming off of your vocal cords. And it's the frequencies that the AI can key in on okay. and know it's your voice. So that... So, and then we have fingerprint as a sensor. We have eyes. Soon we're going to be wearing glasses with eye sensors, so that can unlock your data, right? So we're moving into a multi-factor privacy uh, security world, where identity world, where it, the system is going to know it's you within seconds of you putting those glasses on. 
and is particularly once you start talking to it and start looking at it. it well, first of all, looking at it, it's going to know. Once it feels your heart rate, it's going to know. Once it hears you, it's going to know another one. If you put a fingerprint on something, it's going to know another one. Using your face at recognition, you know, which the iPhone does, is mm -hmm. another one. So right there's five factors, and I haven't even gotten into all the factors it can use to uh, do identity. So the identity problem is going to get simpler over the next five years, and these systems are going to be much more um, unhackable or very hard to hack and very hard to duplicate somebody's identity because now not only do you have to uh, duplicate somebody's fingerprint, you have to uh, duplicate their heart rate and their uh, body uh, shape and their uh, voice and their eyes. That's really hard to do. So th that's going to be um, – much more uh, secure, and you won't need to use passwords anymore. You just put on the glasses. I was going to say that's the death of punishment. Yeah, and that, and by the way, Apple's not the only one doing this. My friend um, uh, Steve at uh, Microsoft runs Identity there, and that's how he's thinking about identity. He he thinks passwords are evil, and that we want to get rid of them because nobody does them right, and nobody no. changes them enough. And once you figure out a hacker figures out your password, everything's gone. Right, so we need a different system, and uh, different security systems are coming. I I hope the the companies really step up their games because uh, uh, some of them are doing some things okay. But I, I in talking to the Israeli companies and other companies that are doing this stuff and building the pieces, there's a another step up that they could all go if they invested a little bit in this new identity, and it's going to be so important, right? Uh, on Twitter yesterday, I retweeted somebody who had $100,000 stolen from uh, um, in uh, Bitcoin, stolen, and they hacked him in nine different directions, right, and got his uh, got into his email, and he explained step by step how the hackers worked through his system and stole 100 grand. Um, we're gonna have our entire lives soon, you know. By 2030, we're gonna have everything in these glasses, right? Uh, our, we're going to create virtual things that we're going to sell to each other, right? You might you might be a gun dealer, a virtual gun dealer, yeah. and you might have a array of guns that I can buy and use in various games and stuff like that, right? And they might yeah. cost a couple bucks a piece or something like that. Well, now I have $10, $10 worth of guns, and if somebody acts me and steals all my guns, I'm bummed out, right? But that's just the start of it. it it's going to know everything about us. So we need to have systems that really know it's us and really protect our privacy and really protect our identity and really protect our security. And there's way, uh, I'm not even telling you all the ways that you can do, do this because some of the banks are doing some really freaky shit. <laughs> I mean, um, stuff that would really be like black mirror kind of level stuff, like even going into your into social media and understanding who you are uh, kind of stuff that would get uh, people freaked out, but it's coming. Right. And uh, I, I hope that these companies step up their game because we need we need much better protection than we have today. I mean, if, if I listen to everything you've talked about so far today, um, fundamentally, what we're seeing is different screens, different audio, different devices, different sensors, different security. The phone that used to exist, the one in your hand was a combined device. And now we're, we're breaking all the parts apart. Uh, although they're linked together, they're not one single device that we have to look at now. 
So you, you might yeah. be wearing a glass or an Oculus Rift. You might be having a, a watch with a glass on it, but it might be a sensor as well. You might be wearing glasses that have audio capability and sensor capability. So yeah. fundamentally, and then you have, you have things in your house like this Google Home next to me, right, or Alexa, right. Um, and you have things at work that you interact with, you know, a, a factory floor, right? Um, and that might not be available uh, in one glass. You might have to switch glasses to work at work, you know, because your IT department doesn't want you stealing all the intellectual property, <laughs> right? <laughs> Stuff like yeah. that, right? You know, so it's, uh, it's a weird world, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know okay. where to go with all that. Two, two last questions, and I, I better let you run because I've taken yeah. a lot of your time. Um, the, the one thing you keep talking about constantly through this conversation is 5G. And obviously, yeah. highway or highway, however you want to say it. Huawei. 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 Huawei, Huawei, Huawei um, is, is, you know, the company that allegedly was going to have 80 percent of the world's implementation and clearly that's now not going to happen. Google's. Well, they're it. still going to have a good chunk of the world. I mean, Huawei makes 50% of the cell towers in the world, right? Yeah. N none of which is in the United States. Okay. <laughs> so that gives you a sense. They have a lot of, uh, they have uh, cell towers in Afghanistan and in India and China and Africa, yeah. all sorts of places that most of us don't think about very often, right? And that's a huge market and that's not going away for Huawei. They're going to upgrade uh, the rest of the world to 5G. Um, Qualcomm is going to take a lot of the Western world and then other companies, you know, who make the uh, radios. Um, uh, there's a whole bunch of them, and I don't remember their names because they're all names nobody would recognize unless they're in, in the telecom. Yeah, yeah. I just toured a sporting stadium that a whole, had a whole bunch of, uh, we call them millimeter wave uh, radios in, in the sporting arena, and that's 5G. So it's this new spectrum of really short radios. Uh, uh, high frequency uh, radio waves that come down to your cell phone. And so let's just talk to normal people, <laughs> not to the industry. 5G gives you three things, right? It gives you 10 gigabits to more um, uh, bandwidth. So it's 10, around 10 times faster than LTE, which is really great. And eventually it might even be tuned up and go, uh, Huawei showed me uh, 25 gigabits per second. They called it like having a fiber line down to your glasses or down to your phone, right? Wow, okay. A very fast bandwidth. And it has a, what they're calling zero latency. It's actually two millisecond latency to a cell tower. So a packet can go from your phone to a cell tower in two millisecond. Current LTE takes 50 to 300, you know, somewhere in there. And so if you're playing VR against your friends, you don't want any latency in the system, right? And yeah. if you're shooting somebody in uh, Call of Duty, you don't want any latency in the system. You want it to be real-time as possible, right? Um, and so latency is a big deal. And then if you're at a, a sporting arena, um, I was at the World Series at AT&T Park. So AT&T is the phone company here in America, biggest one, right? And they sponsored the park, and I still couldn't make a phone call in the park. Right, because uh, you have forty thousand people in a park, and they're all trying to do selfies at the same time, and they and they just uh, have too many connections for a cell tower, and so the five G has uh, many times more connections per cell tower, and it's going to solve that problem. That's why the sporting arenas are going to be some of the first places you're going to get five G, because 
you're going to be able to see augmented reality in the sporting arena and you're going to be able to make a phone call at the same time as everybody else. Right. Yeah. So that's going to be pretty, pretty good. Um, the downside. What, more for what, the betting. It's more for yeah, the betting. That, that's the hype. What, what the industry doesn't say is the uh, problems. You have to be within a kilometer and a half of a cell tower uh, to get this new 5G. My, my cell tower in Half Moon Bay when I lived there was 10 kilometers away, right? Six miles away. And so, uh, and my phone still works. Uh, 5G ain't coming to Half Moon Bay anytime yeah. soon, right? And also, it doesn't go through walls as well as LTE. So now you have to be closer yet again, or you have to have a repeater, you know, a mesh network to, to, um, to bring in, uh, uh, to bring in your, um, wireless. Right. Mm -hmm. And I got to go, I got a phone call coming. That's, so, right, that's cool. Okay. But, but this is 5g. The problems are there. It's going to take, uh, some of my friends in the industry set, say before everybody gets it, it might be seven to 10 years. Right. But you'll get it at sporting arenas and downtown and other places. And it, when you have it, it'll be like, whoa, my phone got way better. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so. Cool. Look, Rob, I, I have to say thank you very much for taking the time. It's been amazing. Good to see you again, my friend. Uh, you're looking healthy and wealthy. Um, I'm looking forward to the new book. And, uh, yeah, if people want to find you, it's not hard. It's at Scobalizer, I guess, everywhere, is it still? Yeah, or at Infinite Retina. Okay. And that's the place to find out about everything AR, VR. Yeah, I'm retweeting the industry as it comes down, you know, so that's a good place to watch what's what's actually going on in this industry. And then we put our own thoughts and we're doing newsletters and podcasts as well. So um, all the all the consulting uh, tricks to try to get customers and uh, build relationships with people. So. Um, when are you getting your Oculus, did you say, Quest? Should be here any minute. So okay. It's on the no, truck. No shower scenes this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, my uh, my wife won't let me do any more shower pictures. So. <laughs> Rob, thank you very much. That's been a pleasure Thanks. seeing you, mate. Speak thank to you soon. Thanks. Thank you, Sam. That show was amazing. To listen again, please visit our website, marlofm.co.uk, or visit our Facebook group, Sam Talks Technology. And now you can subscribe on iTunes. Never miss a show again. See you next week. Same time, same place.